0: On this episode of Healthier Workplaces, we'll learn about AIHA and IBEX collaboration to create Commit to Care.
1: So let me be clear in this message. COVID, the pandemic is not over. I heard a uh, presentation from a representative from the National Safety Council, and on one slide they say, is the pandemic over? And they said, um, from a people perspective, yes, we want it to be. We want to be done with this. We all do. However, epidemiologically, we're far from that. The
2: partnership between IBEC and AIHA has created uh, a repertoire of collateral assets that really speaks to the science and how to protect employers in the workplace. And we're very proud of this partnership. And we're looking forward to producing additional deliverables in the year ahead. And who knows what's ahead after that? We're looking forward to continuing our partnership
3: i'm paula Steven, and this is my husband sean hewitt there we are yes that's our little logo shown smaller than large corporations but it's there right next to the workplace health without borders logo this all started as something silly and fun really when we made a small donation and found out that even with a donation as small as the one we made our logo could be on all the swag We didn't have a logo at the time, so we made one. You've probably wondered about industrial hygienists at Half Draft Acres, as you saw us flashed on all the screens at both face-to-face conferences and virtual ones. Well, here we are, just the two of us, two IHs, making a difference a tiny bit at a time. Industrial hygiene is close to our hearts, we both have a proud history of reducing injuries by ensuring workplace exposure levels aren't exceeded. And we care about what the future holds since the average professional is about 43 years old and since fewer students seem to be joining us, it's important to advance the profession by contributing to a scholarship that funds education and professional development in this field.
0: Welcome. Uh, thanks for joining us on this episode, uh, final episode for uh, 2022 for uh, AIHA's Healthier Workplace Show. Uh, I'm Bob Crell, uh, founder and publisher of Healthy Indoors Magazine. Thanks for joining us. With us today, we have a uh, really interesting panel AIHA CEO Larry Sloan, um, the uh, Managing Director of External Affairs for AIHA, Sue Marchesi, and IBEX uh, Chief Science Officer uh, Ken Martinez. Thank you all for taking time out of your busy holiday schedule to be here. We're here to discuss um, your initiative on Commit to Care. So I guess I'm going to throw this to Larry first to give us a little background on it because probably many of the viewers may not be that familiar with it because this is a fairly new initiative.
2: Yeah, thanks. Thanks again for the opportunity to talk a little bit about Commit to Care and its origins. You know, we go back to the beginning of the pandemic. And in the spring of 2020, uh, we realized that we needed to take a leadership role in figuring out ways to... Uh, respond to the pandemic and give practical guidance to small businesses in particular that don't have in-house occupational health and safety uh, expertise. And so we created a series of documents under the brand Back to Work Safely. And by the middle of 2020, we had developed 27 different Back to Work Safely guidance documents. And we really received quite a bit of visibility and publicity as a result of this effort. And the folks at NIOSH took notice of the great work that we were doing in educating, if you will, the downstream consumer. And as a result of the Back to Work Safely campaign, they teed us up to uh, encourage us to apply for a grant with the CDC, and we did so. And in February of 2021, we received the good news that uh, we were eligible for uh, $500,000 in initial funding from the CDC to put together a variety of materials that ultimately have made their way into what we call the CommitToCare.org platform. And these materials include video snippets on respiratory protection, uh, downloadable posters and fact sheets and other materials, all geared towards simplifying the science. And again, all of the materials, all of the collateral assets that we've developed over the last year and a half now, almost two years, are housed on this website called CommitToCare.org. This commit to care website was uh, initiated back in February of this year. So it's not even a year yet that we have launched the portal. And we have 14 organizational members that have decided to step up and take a leadership role in uh, partnering with us. And we have several others that are in the wings that are looking forward to joining the effort. So in a relatively short amount of time, Bob, we really ramped up this initiative and established ourselves as an expert in helping businesses respond sensibly and practically to the pandemic.
0: But this type of an initiative is is kind of new territory for AIHA to some extent, right? It's the I mean you've you've always had some outreach documents that you've published and produced, but it's never been like, like this is a concerted effort to reach people that are not necessarily well, they're not your members. You're actually going out to the the general public. I mean the the business community, but still the general public. So a little unusual, right?
2: Absolutely. You know, and again, you know, for us to be able to establish a presence and communicate directly with manufacturers and retailers and other establishments that need the services of an OEHS professional, an occupational environmental health and safety professional, uh, is really unfounded territory for us as an association. So we're very excited to take a, a lead role in developing a variety of materials and resources that are designed to really enlighten those that we serve about, again, how to respond to the pandemic. Now, originally, all the materials were developed around COVID. But we're in the process now of transitioning our materials so that they really reflect uh, any sort of an airborne transmitted disease, so not limited to COVID.
0: Again, this this being a bit new, new territory, and AIHA has published a lot of a, a lot of technical documentation over the years. That's not new territory for you, but it's right. it's your new delivery method, and who you're delivering it to is a little bit different. So now, Ken, your involvement is obviously on the technical side, on the science side of this, correct? Correct,
1: correct. So, that is correct.
0: So tell us a little bit about you know what you and IBEC is obviously you've been doing on behalf of that.
1: Yes, I can do that. So up upfront, um, this is from the very beginning was uh, a collaboration between the American Industrial Hygiene Association and the Integrated Bioscience and the Built Environment Consortium. Um, I am a certified industrial hygienist and a member of IHA as well as um, uh, uh, an environmental engineer. So. Ibec as a nonprofit, we stood up almost three years ago to support the COVID response. Now we focus on the built environment. Um, we know that this thing is airborne, right? Uh, primarily transmitted through the air. So vaccines are important, medical diagnostics are very, very important, but given that it's airborne transmission is the primary route, we knew that there was more you could do about the built environment to reduce the risk of transmission. And so that's why we partnered up with the IHA. Um, it, I'm as an industrial hygienist, I'm a risk assessor. Um, That's what I do for a living. Been doing that for over 40 years. And it was a perfect marriage to uh, use the communication and expertise of the industrial hygiene community through AIJ, but also to broaden that and connect it with Uh, the IBEC expertise, which is more diverse in terms of, we have a science advisory board that has doctors, that has engineers, that has um, industrial hygienists, that has microbiologists. So we're very, very diverse to address this broader problem of airborne transmission. So we were very intentional when we were creating Commit to Care, uh, both the IHA and IBEC. We wanted to level a playing field of understanding with regard to COVID-19. As you all are aware, there's a lot of guidance out there uh, Sometimes it's very complex. Sometimes it's even conflicting. So the public at large was confused by which direction to go. Now, not blaming any agency in particular because this was an evolving scenario. We didn't know that much about the SARS CoV 2 virus, the coronavirus. And now with the variants, the updates, the changes had to be made continuously. So we felt that it was easier to simplify the communication message. And we did this in two ways. First, we wanted to educate people if you will on risk assessment we all do risk assessment every day of our lives when we walk out the door some people choose not to wear a seat belt others choose to wear a seatbelt. or texting and driving some choose to smoke these are all risk assessments that we do within our heads from time to time but the COVID presented some new opportunities to teach people a a simpler way to evaluate the risk because we are still living in a pandemic I unfortunately was exposed on Saturday and I'm feeling the effects today. And hopefully my condition doesn't get any worse, but I still wear masks when needed to. I go into an environment and I do that risk assessment, whether I go into a shopping mall, the grocery store or a, a football game for that matter. And so we included risk assessment as one of the tools on the Commit to Care website. Also, we wanted to boil down the key risk factors and mitigation factors that we want people to consider. Instead of this multitude of different ideas about social distancing and do I wear a mask and you know how long do I have to stay in quarantine? We focused down into what we call the four Ds. It's about distance, dilution, duration, and density. Um, density is about seeing people in a room because the more people that are there at a meeting in a grocery store at an event a family event this is the christmas season you don't know if somebody's sick we know that a large percent of the population can be exposed to COVID 19 and be asymptomatic yet they are still infectious so people need to weigh that in mind how many people are in that little circle that i'm congregating around i don't know who's vaccinated or not so that becomes density because someone if someone is infectious one two or three in that group that increases the concentration of viral particles that you could be exposed to. The next one is, of course, um, duration. <coughs> duration has to do with how long you are in that environment, that space where these viral particles exist. And the longer you were there, the more of these viral particles you are likely to inhale. So the time that you're exposed becomes a key factor. So those two things are risk factors. The mitigation factors are, Distance and dilution. With distance, we know that social distancing becomes important. The farther you are away, these particles will tendency have a tendency to even out in the air, which means that the concentration gets less. So, the farther you are away from a person who is infectious, that lowers your risk of getting of inhaling and subsequently becoming infected with COVID nineteen. However, There are many, many of these super spreader events where in a small room environment or a meeting room, such as a church, someone who's very infectious and transmits a lot can impact a large population. So distance isn't a cure-all, but it does help. The last one is dilution. This is the simple one. If there's a concentration of our particles in the air, anything that we can do to dilute that concentration down is very, very powerful. And we can do that through air filtration. We can do that through including or introducing more outdoor air into that space. All of these things help to dilute what that viral concentration gets down. So these are all presented on our Commit to Care website. These were all created out of the CDC grant. And we were looking for a way, AIHA and IVEC to disseminate the information, the knowledge product content we created. And we brainstormed and came up with the idea of Commit to Care. And it was favorably received by our, our NIOSH technical leads
0: so i mean again this is this is a really uh, innovative initiative because one of the, i think the, the problems that the general public experienced during the throughout this pandemic especially in the early early days in 2020 and even a bit beyond is that the dis you know the dissemination of information and and and, and in a way that the you know the general public could understand and and it was just, there was just so much confusion and so much cross you know information just never got out there well and uh so so this this is a breath of fresh air in that extent, because, you know, you're actually giving the work, the workplaces, the tools to actually, you know, if they, like you said, if they don't have in-house expertise, you know, an industrial hygienist, or, you know, the, that type of safety professional on their staff, they at least have some of these resources that would be really hard to acquire on your own. So Sue, um, you know, in your role at AHA, obviously you, you had involvement in, in the rollout of this, right? And how, how this actually, you know, You've, you've got the technical uh, support of IBAC helping develop the technical information, but obviously probably the one of the most key components is how you roll that information out so people can access it, and know about it, right?
4: Yeah, that um, we realized was not going to be um, a simple uh, just, you know, build it and they will come, obviously. Uh, we wanted to start with our partners, um, and so that was one of the, the first strategy we did, and we reached out to Um, allied professionals uh, in the OEHS space and uh, presented the concept of Commit to Care to them, asking them to, uh, for free, partner with us. And uh, the only thing that we ask in return is for them to share the materials, the trainings with the people who are part of their uh, association. Uh, That branched to um, even um, outside of our own allied professionals, but to others uh, in uh, just the the health field, um, APHA and and, uh, organizations like uh, National Safety Council. Uh, Then, uh, of course, we were trying um, to convince the small business um, to small SBA and and groups like that. Uh, But... surprisingly, and uh, we were very happy to say that actually large corporations um, already started to sign on to our effort. Um, so uh, we have not yet announced exactly who they are. We're going to be doing that in the new year. So I uh, offer everyone to keep an eye out for that. Um, we're very excited with our corporate partners for Commit to Care. Uh, a second strategy we had uh, done to disseminate the information was uh, some very good old fashioned um, advertising. <laughs> um, we, uh, thanks to the CDC grant, we were able to. Uh, do Google AdWords advertising, as well as uh, some other advertising through um, allied association uh, organizations um, and um, other kinds of marketing tactics. Um, And our third uh, strategy um, is to constantly reach out to the uh, national and uh, industry press. Uh, So for earned media, we were also able to get a ton of exposure for our Commit to Care efforts and, um, a lot, um, tens of thousands of impressions, um, for particular videos, some, uh, but actually in aggregate of all of the videos that, uh, we had combined, um, there were close to a million impressions on all of our, mid, uh, on all of the commit to care videos. So, um, it has definitely picked up steam and dissemination, um, continues to, um, to kind of go up and down. Um, But we are committed uh, to doing this and we intend to uh, promote these materials because even though they were rolled out with COVID in mind, uh, they definitely have an evergreen, long shelf life um, that can be applicable to various industries uh, for various times and during various uh, endemics or pandemics.
0: certainly a million impressions in less than a year on a site that that's that's pretty sizable uh you know attention being brought to it so that's fabulous um bring up the site right now so this is the commit to care site so it's commit to care uh the site is commit to the number two and care.org is how you get there um are, are there any any highlights of the site we should talk about or you know actually uh Somebody, this this is the this is the home that you would land on when you when you go to that URL.
4: Yeah, I can um, just give a quick tour um, and uh, just explain that uh, at the very beginning when we launched the site, the primary purpose of the site was to get uh, people to actually take a pledge uh, and uh, pledge to commit. To-
0: we'll be back after this.
5: When I was a student, somebody helped me. I think it's my responsibility now that i found some success in this profession to help others. In my opinion, you can't see yourself as successful if you're not helping other people. We as industrial hygienists, EHS professionals, need to give back to secure that students are well-prepared and supported in their educational endeavors. Look at it as paying it forward. Somebody helped me get to where I am so I'm helping others to achieve their dreams. We all have to make sacrifices in life, but this is a gift that we can take pride in giving back through the foundation. Opening doors, it's that basic. It's easy for us to open doors and usher future EHS professionals along the path that we traveled when we were students. Sit back and think about the start of your industrial hygiene journey. How many people helped you get to where you are now? how expensive was school back then and how much more expensive it is now. Now think about how your giving will go into investing into that next CIH or EHS professional. Lead by example. Some folks helped me get to where I am. So I'm just doing my part. And it feels good to know that I'm contributing to the future of our profession. The foundation makes it easy in so many ways to make a gift. And I've seen firsthand how my giving has been appreciated by students. So do your part, give back. Um,
4: So we had actually, uh, when we rolled out CommitToCare.org, the intention was to have people um, pledge to uh, watch various videos, Uh, to download various uh, resources and then to receive a digital badge, which they could then uh, say, I committed to care. And I actually have sat for these uh, very uh, thorough trainings. Uh, As the months went by, we realized that was um, a bit of a tall order. And we wanted to make sure that the site was um, a little bit more of a one-stop resource for people when it came to uh, not just COVID, but all forms of uh, airborne uh, transmissible diseases. So um, this is the new iteration of Commit to Care, recently relaunched Um, uh, various uh, opportunities um, to engage are on the top um, about taking that pledge, sitting through those trainings for sure and getting a digital badge. Um, Also, um, if you uh, were to scroll down a little bit more on the homepage, um, we do get into um, not only our partners who we currently have, but there are opportunities to become a partner. Uh, this is the other po- portion of it that is relatively new, and that's our one-stop shop. If we just go down a little bit more, um, we do get into the um, current uh, as well as um, uh, past uh Uh, variant um, exposures, Uh, we also talk about something as most recent as the triple-demic that we're all uh, facing um, as we go into the holidays, Uh, and also just uh, opportunities for people to take away some really good tips and uh, important um, information about
2: how to stay safe. Following up on what Sue said about Commit to Care, one of the things that we strive to do is to provide a variety of information From three different perspectives, from the employer's perspective, from the employee's perspective, and then from a member of the public who would be visiting a facility, such as a a supplier or vendor or a customer, to level the playing field so that all of these populations have the proper and uh, appropriate information to help protect themselves when they're in the workplace.
1: And And since they all have the same type of information, they're they're communicating from that same page of knowledge. And that was the intent. We didn't want it to be too complex. We wanted to make all the knowledge uh, digestible, the information digestible, so that when an employer comes to talk to employees about wearing a mask, they have that common base of understanding and they can have that healthy debate about the positives and negatives, how to don and doff. um, Or maybe a customer comes in and sees a portable air cleaner, an in-room air cleaner and says, oh, thank you. I understand why you're doing that now. You're diluting the air." So it helps to promote and and encourage conversations, awareness, if you will. And one critical point about Commit to Care is that the care stands for community, awareness, responsibility, and equity.
0: Tell us a little bit more of, you know, of how you were able, you know, what what your uh, game plan was to actually get this out to the the general public and the general business community. Mm -hmm. That's a daunting task.
4: Yeah, our, our game plan for getting this out to the business community uh, and uh, the general public uh, for that matter um, has been um, multifaceted. Uh, I think that it's uh, very important for us to explain uh, that this is uh, not just um, for COVID, but it is for uh, health in the workplace. Um, and it is um, very much uh, useful for people uh, business owners, um, employees to be trained in these areas. So uh, we particularly um, uh, have shared those videos um, through uh, social media, through other um, methods, um, but mainly through our partners. Uh, We had some very early partners uh, with commit to care uh, who uh, signed on as soon as we launched the program. Um, international also. Uh, So we have organizations from uh, Australia, Canada, uh, the United States, and uh, and it's continuing to grow. So it's really their networks that have allowed us to amplify our messages about Commit to Care and to amplify those trainings and share them um, uh, thereafter. Um, I think that, um, as far as, um, I just want to comment on one quick things, particularly about the, um, the fact that when we built the commit to care, um, art, it was really conscious to make sure that no, uh, identity was really, uh, obvious. Um, we tried to be as, um, all-inclusive and diverse uh, as possible. Um, And we always refer to our commit to care people as our purple people, um, because um, we think that that is really something that um, helps to level the playing field, um, as we mentioned earlier, not just about the knowledge, but also about um, the identification um, with our messaging, that people can realize that this is for everybody. Uh, and one of the things that, thanks to the CDC grant, we were able to do is actually have them translated into, have the videos translated into eight languages. Um, so it's it's a total of nine languages of videos that can go far and wide, literally throughout the world.
2: So I mentioned, I mentioned earlier that we received the first uh, tranche of money in the spring of 2021, and we developed, again, a series of videos and... Uh and other informational pieces, all available on committocare.org. Well, we were fortunate to receive our second tranche of funds in August of this year. And so the next phase of the grant is going to involve information on in-room air purification systems and UV disinfection, as well as additional protocol information on vaccines and employee uh, testing protocols. We're also going to be taking the original Back to Work Safely guidance documents and we're going to be creating an ebook, and it's going to be under a new brand, the Healthier Workplaces brand. You know, the whole Back to Work Safely brand is a little bit stale at this point. People are back to work, but Healthier Workplaces leverages the AIHA's tagline as an organization. So we'll be taking all that information from Back to Work Safely, harmonizing it and making it a little more general again towards any airborne transmitted disease, not limited to COVID and putting it into an e-book concept. And then we'll be rolling that out late spring, early summer of 2023. So again, we're very excited about building upon the great success we've had under phase one, as we get into phase two, and really focusing on indoor air quality and generalizing the information and the guidance that we've created for any type of a pandemic.
0: Of course, no coincidence that that's the moniker for our program, too, um, uh, which, again, makes sense. You know, we're tying it all together and uh, we're getting that consistent messaging out there, which I guess is paramount to it today and all the noise you have. That's right. What can we anticipate um, the second phase or the next phase in your Commit to Care program?
2: Yeah, so the uh, the deliverables that are focused on indoor air quality and vaccine testing protocols, the anticipated uh, rollout day for those is, uh, I'll say, late winter, early spring. And then the ebook that's based on the original Back to Work Safely guidance, we anticipate rolling that out mid year next year. You know, as Ken indicated earlier, we're very appreciative of the partnership between AIHA and IBEC, And I think we bring uh, complementary perspectives and strengths to the table. And I know that the folks at CDC and NIOSH have been very uh, impressed by how well we work, we're very seamless in our integration. Uh, The way we bring subject matter experts to the table, of course, under Ken's leadership with IBAC, we've got a deep bench of uh, industrial hygienists that are reviewing all of the materials that we're producing under the grant. And under the e-book project that I mentioned earlier, we're leveraging the communications firm that IBAC brought to the table to help bring Commit to Care to Life. So it's a really wonderful partnership between uh, two organizations that are committed to protecting workers uh, from any pandemic.
0: So Ken, uh, you know, again, it's, you know, the, this collaboration between your two organizations seems like it really made this uh, something that was possible, right? This this, this, is, this is a pretty daunting task to get, all, to put all this information together in the timeline that you had to work with, because obviously you were dealing with trying to address the pandemic issues. So, you know, it, it had to happen right away. I mean, it was, you know, it's certainly every month would be too much longer. So so how, how are you able to collaborate and, and make this all happen and actually roll out? A grant proposal can't be a slow process either, right? CDC?
1: No. Well, I'll defer to uh, Sue and Larry for the grant proposal, but it was just because we, I am an industrial hygienist, as I mentioned earlier, so I reached out to uh, AIHA early on in um, the concepts that were beginning to evolve with IBEC. What could we do to do a better job of communicating, um, bridging the gap between science and industry and communicating the scientific evidence, if you will, uh, that need to be learned by all? And so, in reaching out to AIHA, uh, we actually asked them to become a partner in the early days of IBEX formation where we delivered something we called the Clean Summit 2020. These are online uh, events uh, that we brought together industry, we brought together academia and feds to talk about COVID-19 and try to get them to have this conversation about the science, about what needs to be implemented. Uh, We had folks such as IBM, Hilton, Marriott, GM. Coca-Cola in attendance, we had the cruise line industry representation, we had, as I said before, we had CDC, we had EPA, we had DHS as presenters or panelists, and we invited AIHA to become partners in that. It was through that partnership early on that we began to see how there was synergy between our two organizations. So when uh, AIHA uh, was funded for the CDC grant, they reached out to IVEC and asked us if we would be able to help them into creating some of this knowledge content. And it's been, as Larry had said, it's been positive ever since. I couldn't be prouder of the the interaction between the be prouder of the partnership, but also the the products that we deliver. By recognizing these are only two to three minute videos, and they deliver a lot of needed information to folks.
0: Well, and the thing is, you you've, you've got them in such a way that people that are not professionals in the health and safety, uh, yes. you know. Venues are are able to understand and glean information from it and, and, and do actionable things, which is that that's the whole. I think that was one of the biggest problems with this pandemic. You know, we everybody kind of got caught without really understanding how to, what you need to do, what does your organization need to do, what does your company need to do, what do you personally right. need to do. People, it was very hard. It was, it was very conflicting information out there. So this yeah, is, when you sorry,
2: when you look at the materials, the way that they're designed, uh, the purple people, if you will the guidance is very practical it's very uh on points and it's simple enough to provide the information that small businesses need to protect themselves and their employers employees and their guests but it doesn't distill it down to diluting the science in other words it takes the essence of the science and it communicates it in a way that I think is readily understandable to the layperson, And that's the magic of the partnership between the two organizations. And so we're very proud of all the work that we've done to be able to, again, distill the signs down to something that is manageable and understandable to the broader community. So I think in closing, the partnership between IBEC and AIHA has created a, a repertoire of collateral assets that really speaks to the science and how to protect employers in the workplace. And we're very proud of this partnership and we're looking forward to producing additional deliverables in the year ahead. And who knows what's ahead after that. We're looking forward to continuing our partnership with CDC and developing additional products uh, in response to general pandemics that are gonna hit our society in the years ahead.
1: So let me be clear in this message. COVID, the pandemic, is not over. I heard a uh, presentation from a representative from the National Safety Council, and on one slide they say, is the pandemic over? And they said, um, from a people perspective, yes, we want it to be. We want to be done with this. We all do. However, epidemiologically, we're far from that. We're seeing that now with the different variants right now, BQ1 and BQ1.1 are the predominant variants, and people are getting COVID, even the vaccinated are getting sick two, three, four times. Nobody wants to get the flu. Nobody wants to have a cold. Definitely nobody wants to have COVID-19 again and again. So we want you to be aware. We want you to embrace all of the knowledge that we're offering to you in a very simple level so that you can do your own risk assessment as you live your lives from day to day.
0: You know, And to tag on to that, we're, we're living proof of it right now. You know, both of us have uh, <laughs> actually recently been exposed and, you know, contracted it again. And we're both vaccinated people who kind of have yeah. a, a good sense of what you should be doing as far as doing those evaluations and your risk assessments in spaces. And, you know, nobody's, nobody's really safe from this yet completely. Yeah. So. Agreed. Uh,
4: so one final thought is uh, that you can actually stay on top of uh, what uh, new material we're putting up on commit to care.org. Uh, there is an opportunity to uh, join our um, uh, email list um, so that you can have access to uh, additional resources as they become available. So uh, those additional videos that we were just talking about in that ebook, um, if uh, people sign onto our website, um, uh, towards the bottom of the homepage, there's an opportunity to just put in your email address and uh, stay on top of all of these uh, new, very useful very reliable um, knowledge products um, that you can have right at your fingertips. Yeah, just to um, stay on top of some of these new uh, knowledge products that we're developing, whether it's about uh, germicidal UV or um, vaccine uh, uh, in the ebook, book uh, you can uh, just simply sign up on the commit website at the bottom, uh, and we will automatically send those updates to you when they become available.
0: Uh, I'd like to thank our guests, uh, Ken Martinez, Larry Sloan, Sumer Uh, Thanks so very much for telling us more about uh, the initiative between IBEC and AIHA for Commit to Care. Uh, really just a very important program, I believe, and something that uh, you know we look to see more, more development and how far you can take this. This is excellent. So thank you so very much. Happy holidays to all of you. And uh, we'll be seeing you, I guess, in the new year. Thank you, Bob. Thank you. Thank you. So that's our show for this week. We'll be back in two weeks with a new show. Until next time, I'm Bob Krell. Thanks again for watching. and Stay healthy.